0: TFS episode number 167. This is Greg Duncan, and that's about it. Again, all my hosts have have split off. They're doing... uh, Mickey's got a whole new podcast on Azure DevOps. Um, He was going to join us, but in the last minute couldn't. Uh, And you know the guys. Everybody's working hard, busting their butt. So they they left me alone, but not alone. We have a returning guest on the show. Jesse Howing is here, and uh, he was last on... Uh, January 20, 2016. And, uh, you know what the big news of that show was? That ASP.NET 5 was dead. and They were announcing ASP.NET Core uh, 1.0. And that was, that's like just two and a half years ago. How can that be? Yeah. But speaking of changing, Jesse's life has also gone through a number of changes. When he was last on, his daughter was on the way. Well, she has arrived and has been continuously improving his life for the last three years. He's doing more training now and a little bit less consultancy. Uh, so he is a trainer, coach, tinkerer, because he loves to investigate things, trying uh, things, poking around in assemblies he's not supposed to be poking around in, and so on and so forth. So that hasn't changed for him. Since 2016, he's added Professional Product Owner Scaled Professional Scrum, Professional Scrum Master 2, and it's almost done adding Professional Scrum with Kanban. They've added JavaScript and TypeScript to the Professional Scrum Developer class, and he's almost done becoming a facilitator for the Phoenix Game, a Phoenix Project game, as in the business game based on the book, the Phoenix Project, and we'll have a link the shown us to that. Um, he has decided to retire uh, some of the things he used to have in his resume, his uh, Java, PHP, and cult Fusion work. His newest ventures are into PowerShell and TypeScript, which are in themselves a hairy topic, and we'll talk about more on that. Um, and speaking of Stack Overflow, like we mentioned in the last show, uh, Jesse's also there quite a bit of the time answering questions. So uh, we'll have to pick your brain on that, Jesse. And welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Welcome, Greg. Nice to be here.
0: Um, so I got to ask this first. W- what is your uh, opinion about the new name change and branding and services, the new Azure DevOps stuff?
1: the new azure devops stuff. Well, that, that kind of sums it up nicely. And for me, it, it I've I've been trying to figure out what what it is. What what is it, it's so 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 devops for me is is a mindset thing and not necessarily just tools and there's so much tool stuff and then it's not necessarily for azure but it's for other stuff as well, but um, well at, at at least it's now consistent with across across a lot of things and um it looks like it's taking a lot less time than last time to get rid of all the old name stuff so uh um i, I, I just renamed the um visual studio marketplace cicd extension tasks to the azure devops extension tasks and it's, um, it's 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 a lot shorter <laughs> um, but as I, the, the the weird thing is, as I'm writing it, it's kind of the 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 shift unshift shift unshift kind of thing for the A for Azure and a D for DevOps and the O for Ops and it's like, hmm, and like I, I see lots of people calling it ADO, which is kind of a flashback to that um, uh, ASP .NET five O thing, right? So, um, it's <laughs> like i i think a lot of people are not yet settled on the on the full name and what they think about it um I'll, I'll probably get used to it at some point
0: yeah i hear you it's when they first uh proposed the name you know i asked what was the what's going to be the official tla or, or 4LA, uh um 4LA, fla and you know oh, we don't need one because it's short enough. Azure DevOps is actually shorter than saying Visual Studio Team Services or even VSTS. You know, one syllable off. But it's the writing that's the cut. Right. You know, I just hate typing. And then then you put on server services on the back. You know, and yeah. So they're going. And it is-
1: and, and and then all the hubs I I, I haven't really so, so they're going to be sort of individual products. It looks like you can turn them mm-hmm. on and off, and you can just select. I, I just want pipelines. But then my question was so so what's the task named then? Is that an Azure DevOps pipeline task or is that an Azure DevOps <laughs> pipeline or a so for 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 all of the individual pieces kind of we're also resettling on naming and uh, so so I, I think it's tasks. I, I think I think the names got settled and they're still tasks, and I think that's good. Um, but uh, uh, yeah and and I'm, I'm not sure about you but I, I have a whole bunch of GitHub repositories that have VSTS something in it because they're all tasks Visual Studio Team Services tasks they were so I'm not going to rename them <laughs> and and can I rename everything? And if it's in variable names and, and, and the extension name and the extension ID, and it's like, this it opens up a whole new kind of worms.
0: Yeah. Names have power, and we have this – battle here at work too. We'll give something a name and then the owner of the business doesn't like it. So name gets shifted and shifted and shifted. And sometimes they get reused. So you're trying to remember, oh, is this that project? Or is this the the new, new project? Or is it the old, old project? And it just comes to a point where you're just giving, giving up renaming. Like I'm not going well, re- to
1: even VSTS was a rename, right? Yeah. From a reused name from eight years ago. So uh, <laughs> Azure DevOps at least is a completely new thing, except that ADO is reusing something that's already there. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: so you, you renamed your blog or relaunched your blog.
1: Yes. Yes. That was, uh, I, I, I was still on blogger mm-hmm. and, um, well, Google has retired Google Plus, and I wonder why they haven't retired Blogger in ages. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's none of the new features that that people want are have actually kind of moved there, and the, um, the, the the templates were harder and harder to maintain. And I had, I think, about two hundred blog posts, and then I wanted to rename all the tags because of product renames and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and. I, there there's not an API for that, and it was really hard to do, and uh, um, so I at some point decided, well, if I if I really want to keep joy in blogging, then I need to move away from this. And um been looking around and then settled on Ghost as a, as an alternative, and it used to be regularly expressing .net was kind of my title, and then blog.jessahowing.nl, but a lot of people missed the blog dot, and I didn't have redirects, so then you would just end up in some weird empty page. And so I, I settled on uh, JesseHowing which is still kind of referring to Microsoft, and uh, um, people don't have to really guess: is it dot nl or dot com or dot something else? And um, and then uh, then kind of moved everything over and. Uh, um, and and since there's much more Scrum stuff in my life than there was when I ever launched my uh, uh, my blogger blog, it was kind of the decision that I'm I'm doing Scrum and DevOps on a Microsoft platform, and uh, um, the, the the kind of bug thing is kind of a uh, what's the English word a uh, uh, what, what what's it called when somebody calls you a nice name kind of their they're, they're funny
0: um, well uh, I'm, yeah, I'm
1: I'm drawing a blank I'm, right I'm. I'm kind of am str- I'm I'm kind of a scrum bug. It's like uh uh d- d- doing all kinds of scrummy stuff but also kind of helping people d- debug their process and uh um sometimes being the the person that kind of tries to un un unveil the bad stuff that's that's happening and then letting them decide how to how to deal with that. So uh, well, that's, that's kind of how that came came to
0: be. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you have VSTS. I'm looking at your blog right now at the main page. And uh, do you mean to leave the VSTS there in the header?
1: Uh, no, no. Um, uh, the the work that goes into uh, getting all the links working again um, with redirects and keeping all your uh, search engine optimization stuff going, I figured all of that out to migrate the blog. But uh-huh. I now need to download all the redirect file and then go through it and then g- generate new <laughs> URLs where PSTS is in and put Azure DevOps back in there. And um, I haven't gotten to it yet. It's 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 on the backlog somewhere. But um, right now, it's absolutely not at the top. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and, and I suppose that for a while, a lot of people will be searching for VCS and yes. not necessarily for Azure DevOps. And it's one of the one of the problem things is if you search for Azure and DevOps together, um, there are so many existing posts that have nothing to do with what used to be Visual Studio Team Services, but just like how do I deploy stuff, how do I measure stuff, how do I monitor stuff. But it's with Chef, with Puppet, with um, At Dynamics, with every other tool out there that thinks they're doing something with DevOps. Um, So Azure and DevOps is a really bad search engine optimization term if you're really trying to find stuff. Um, So it'll probably be around for a while, um, maybe as a backup (laughs) tag so people can actually find it. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're looking at it now, I I need to remove the Google Plus logo as well. It's it's one of the last changes I did to the the theme to put it back in, and then Google said, well, we're going to kill it. So (laughs) it's (laughs) like... <laughs> Even something such as simple as a blog is a is a is a continuous source for more work. So yeah.
0: <laughs> so tell us about uh, you. You guys took part on the global DevOps bootcamp.
1: Yeah. How'd yeah. It, so um, how'd that go? Yeah. So uh, Marcel and Renee, my colleagues, are. Uh, kind of the chief organizing committee of the uh, of the boot camp and um, we had one in our own offices in Hilversum in the Netherlands and uh, we, we had a pretty pretty big turnout uh, we were in, in the headquarters so uh, we had the uh, communications bridge and uh, uh, all the um, app insights monitoring going on because some things weren't going exactly <laughs> as planned and uh, uh, my colleague Rob he uh, wrote a nice blog post about it about kind of um, all the continuous delivery that actually went on um because it 's pretty hard to kind of predict what 's going to happen if uh, a couple of thousand people all across the world suddenly start using um some services that have been tested with five people in the <laughs> office and we couldn 't find anything wrong with it kind of uh, situation so uh, um, it turns out that if you put a lot of load on it and um, uh, some things go wrong um i, I don 't think a lot of people have have actually really had any impact of that. And uh we got a lot of a lot of great feedback, great venue, great great food, uh, nice exercises, lots of learning, great atmosphere. Um and and we were kind of I I, I was chief photographer that day. So uh um a lot of the pictures that are on my blog I I took to myself and uh they're kind of our uh, ours for this year's and um we're already planning the one for next year so uh um uh, from what I understood from Renee, there is uh, there is at least going to be another year of uh, Global Azure <laughs> DevOps Bootcamp, um, and um, we're going to have lots of fun there. Great.
0: Uh, give our listeners a reminder about what Global DevOps Bootcamp is and who's it for.
1: All right. Um, so, well, there, there there used to be like the uh, uh, the, the the ASP.NET. Game days, and the uh, you've got the Azure days, and there's a whole bunch of different kind of um, experience, everything that there is to see and do with this thing in a day kind of uh, uh, experiences. And the Global DevOps Bootcamp is experience, everything that has to do with DevOps in the Microsoft environment. Um, in a day, so every it, it ranges from containers to release gates, custom built tasks, um, uh, built pipelines, release pipelines. Um, uh, how how to package your stuff? How to use NuGet? How to use? Well, uh, it, it it ranges it's, it's a pretty pretty wide wide range of, of, of things and kind of all prepared hands hands on labs by uh, prepared by multiple MVPs and lots of people contributing to it and uh, um, and then. Each and every venue around the world, because it's not just a local event, it's kind of this, uh, on this single day, this same event happens in, I think, we. I, I don't even remember how many locations there were, but um, we had 8,000 people attend across the whole globe. Wow. Um, uh and 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 doing the same exercises with scoreboard everybody could see what was going on um tweet walls um so it was it was also a very big social event um, people sharing information and knowledge and skills across the different uh venues uh, people finding issues and raising it on twitter and other people replying with so it was it was massive collaboration um, trying to learn and experience all of the features that you can find in uh, Azure and in uh, um, back then Visual Studio Team Services and now Azure DevOps. Um, so I suppose that this year, I, I don't know, maybe it's going to be the global Azure DevOps program. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to Renee about that.
0: <laughs> and uh, did um, so anybody could sign up to be a host, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And what, what did it cost for people to attend? Uh, nothing. Nada. Nada, yeah. Awesome. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay, and I'll have,
0: I'll have the links in the show notes, too, for everybody so you can look at it, uh, including even uh, links to the um, artifacts. We'll yeah, that in the-
1: Everything got released on GitHub at the end, so uh, any everybody that wanted to uh, to do something with it, you can actually use it and to organize your own event, as long as it's clear that you are using the global devil <laughs> to put app content. Um, and you must be explicit about that. So it's kind of a, a fair use policy, um, and uh, you, you can use it and you can... Uh, uh, you you could run your own event with it. You can use it for meetups. You can use it for uh, for workshops. It, it's basically free for all as long as you kind of keep the uh, um, uh, as long as you keep a text in it that was, that was kind of provided by the Global
0: DevOps Bootcamp. Yeah, yeah, that's only fair. Yeah. Attribution. Yep, that's cool. So that means that you guys listening right now, you can get these resources and do your own cool mini uh, DevOps Bootcamp. Yeah. And it's all free. So, again, we'll have a link to this in the show notes as well. So, no excuses. Of course, I'm looking at myself in the mirror saying, oh, you know, I haven't given one, but I'm busy. So, so, yeah. So,
1: so Greg, are you going to be organizing one this year?
0: I don't know. I. I, I uh. <laughs>
1: You, you, you just finished your previous sentence with no excuses, and I was like, "Well,
0: yeah, but I'm the host, you know, I'm the encourager, not the encouraged." Oh,
1: so, right. Uh, well, if, if if you invite people that are kind of in the organization group, then you might get invited. But in this case, yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll tell Renee you're going to do one.
0: Oh, yeah. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> um. So. Uh, we wanted we wanted you to ha- come back on to talk about extensions, but also want to talk to you about your um, service task expression tester and release gates. Right. So first, what is a release gate? We've mentioned it in the show a number of times, but I don't know if everybody truly groks it yet.
1: Mm. Well, it, it's a pretty interesting concept. Um, um, it, it's basically some a, a check that runs for a period of time. And, and that's all configurable, to see whether or not it makes sense right now to progress with your release pipeline. So if you have a release pipeline with multiple stages, then before each stage or after each stage, you can kind of pause and check if there's there's any fishy things going on. Um, so there, there's a couple of kind of out-of-the-box release gates that are out there, and one of them, for example, looks at, are people saying bad things about us on Twitter right now? So we, we've released something to ring one, of our of our thing or to where we we opened up a b test a and uh, um, just wait an hour to see if people are going to be complaining on twitter like saying oh this thing is down it's always broken and then if if a bunch of those tweets come in then please don't roll it out over ring b and then just <laughs> temporarily switch all your traffic over to b so you, you can do some pretty nifty things with that um other useful tools are like I have an environment that spins up some kind of asynchronous process to provision a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't want to wait for it. So you could put a release gate either at the end of that environment or at the beginning or at the beginning of the next to just pull some service that tells you the provisioning is completely done. All the services that you requested are there without actually having to claim an agent and just keep waiting and having that agent do nothing else because basically an agent will just do one job at a time um, because these are actually ran on the server itself or in the in the case of uh, uh, Azure DevOps, they're being ran on the, uh, uh, on, on the surface just so from Azure from the cloud. So it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty nifty feature actually.
0: But who, who is it for really? Is it for those big people who have many, many rings or can, you know, small line of business people take advantage of this?
1: Well, yeah, well, I, I added it to my extension pipeline. So um, uh, in this case, I'm waiting for the marketplace to actually say that my extension was successfully published. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing some virus scanning on the background. They're looking for uh, for known uh, security defects in the in the code that you're submitting and a whole bunch of other stuff. And if you're submitting insecure stuff, you will be blocked on the uh, on the marketplace. Mm. But but when you publish on the command line, it doesn't wait for that um, uh, verification stuff to finish. So it could be that your build is all green and that your release pipeline is all green, but that when you try to download the extension, it says this one has been blocked because of some kind of security issue. And uh, and, and I didn't want to have that. So I, I built one of those extensions actually to then after I, I did my publishing to look at the uh, marketplace and get the status of my just published extension to make sure that it actually did pass verification. Um, without having to hold the pipeline. And then, you know, only if the marketplace says that it was also successfully published on their end does it mark the whole release as screen. So uh, um, it's, it's it's pretty useful. And you can use it for, um, uh, if you have an, uh, a, a DTAP um, deployment, like deploy to develop, and then you deploy a test, and a bunch of testers are testing and they're creating bug work items, you can have one that says, if within... 24 hours after the release, bug work items get created, then don't proceed with deploying it to acceptance. And then that that makes a lot of sense. uh, So um, kind of depending on what your pipeline looks like, if you you have only one stage, then it won't help you. As soon as you (laughs) kind of have something that has more than one stage and you want to have some automated thing in the middle that verifies something that normally a human would do. like in, In the past, you would get a human approver on that second pipeline, and it's right. usually the, the test group. And the test group would say, not approved because we found bugs. And now it's kind of, I file the bug, and then that release gate is pulling, and the release gate goes like, ooh, they found a bug. Let's not approve to, uh, the deployment to acceptance. And then a human doesn't really have to do that anymore.
0: Cool. That's got me thinking now. Right. So is there any bad things? Were there any ugly parts to release gates and release gate usage? Um
1: well there, there's there's some funny features so um uh it assumes that you have an expression that evaluates to a success condition um but there is no way to evaluate to a failure condition <laughs> so um um uh if the Right now, if you put a release gate in, it won't progress, but you have to set a timeout. And basically, it waits for the timeout to become green. And uh, so the marketplace, it, it returns pending, 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 and that's that I know that I need to continue querying. Um, but at some point, it either returns successful and published, or it says un- that there was an error. But as soon as it returns an error, I know that it won't be able to get back into a good state without me actually releasing a new build. But it's it's then going to pull... Does it actually turn back into pending or might it still switch to successful? And I already know that it's kind of, it won't go that way. So it can stop pulling and it can just can terminate the build and say, this pipeline is now in a broken state, go fix it. And uh, um, I've, I've been told that it's likely that that functionality is going to be added soon. Uh, so, uh, um, because this this feature is still under under um, under development, and there's there's lots of stuff coming to it, um, so 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 that's a pretty useful part. Um, and and kind of the other issues are more if you go into I want to create a uh, release gate. Um, so I'm not entirely sure if that was where you're kind of hinting at. Mm-hmm. but That was also um, um, my my first endeavors into trying to build one was actually quite
0: hard. Why? What was what was the hard part?
1: Well. The hard part is that um in that success expression thing mm-hmm. you have to write a condition which is which has which has a certain syntax and in that condition you're basically um telling it if this evaluates to anything other than zero basically uh, or false then it's a success and that means that you can continue with the uh, uh with with the release um So the marketplace returns JSON object and then I needed to query something out of the JSON object and I needed to provide the build number into that query. And then my, I was looking at, so what is the escape syntax for that? Well, there wasn't very much documentation on doing that because most of those create those, most of those uh, XPath queries or JSON path queries that you can put in there, they were fixed. They weren't, they weren't accepting any parameters. And, uh, um, the, in order to test it, you would have to trigger a release and then wait to see what happens, and then it says "Evaluated to false," but it doesn't tell you why so <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> as you can imagine, after um, I think uh, 25 uh, uh, recued releases with slightly changed expression <laughs> um, <laughs> my frustration level got quite high. Um, at, at, at which point I did something that I uh, that I do uh, slightly more often when I uh, when I get into that kind of frustrated state, and that's that um, I uh, fire up Reflector and uh, um, I started hunting in the uh, TFS twenty eighteen uh, binaries if I could find the code that actually evaluates the uh, the release gate. And it turns out that there's one class that if you instantiate it and you feed it the uh, the expression and a JSON object, um, that it will actually spit out a quite neat this is what I parsed, these are the values that that it evaluated to, and and this is the reason why I think it was good or bad. Um, So that was a super useful thing. Um, And after I finished that, I think it took two and a half minutes to just (laughs) get my expression working. So, uh, uh, yeah, that was – and and then the frustration was gone, apart from the part that I still hope that they're putting that
0: functionality directly in the UI. So you spun up – and is that code available?
1: Um, yep, that's on my GitHub account, and I wrote a blog post about it as well. So I suppose that you're now going to put that in the uh, release notes. You got it. The, yeah. The, the the bad part about that is, um, since it's a server binary that I'm calling into, and the server binaries are not redistributable, mm. is that you have to locally install TFS 2018. Um it doesn't have to be configured, it doesn't have to be running, but since I can't package the the binaries of the server with my a little tool, um, you have to install it locally. Um, I did my best to actually then go and find where it's installed and ultimately load it so you don't have to copy DLLs around, so if it detects the installation, you just double click the executable and magic happens.
0: Cool, yeah, I, I, I'm just looking at some of the screenshots here on, on your blog, and I can't Imagine, you know, I have, a, I have a hard enough time doing custom conditions on my tasks and trying to figure out that syntax. This I, My head would explode.
1: Right. So what is actually quite cool is that uh, uh, Chris Patterson uh, sent an email on the champs list, uh, the, the internal MVP uh, mailing list, mm-hmm. that there is actually a REST API that you can call with a condition. And it will evaluate it and return what it thinks of it. So uh, um, that might also be pretty useful. To uh, um, uh, if, so if if you're if you're really trying to get some very complex uh, release condition going, uh, or uh, a task condition going, then, then then something like that's actually incredibly useful. Cool. I have I haven't rolled it into a task yet, or in a, <laughs> in a tool yet, because, well. Um, I, I'm not using those conditionals a lot. But for if you want to write a, a release gate, then you're going to have to write one of these. <laughs> There's no way around. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so what other extensions?
1: Um, so uh, the CICD extensions for VSTS extensions, um, and that uh, I just renamed like um, <laughs> just before the call into the Azure DevOps extension tasks, which is a lot shorter and a lot easier to the eyes. Um, but um, yeah. That's, uh, so that those are the extensions to create pipelines for extensions so it's a kind of <laughs> extension extension inception um, <laughs> yeah uh, but it kind of takes care of the the interaction of the marketplace uh, publishing a, an extension waiting for it to complete um, ability to share it with other accounts uh, uh, install it into specific accounts and do all kinds of uh, uh, interesting things uh, to allow you to basically uh, set up a release pipeline completely with approvals and some some end-release gate to check for validation and stuff. That um, every time that you change something to extension, it kind of publishes it. And it takes care of some of the painful things like um, automatically uh, updating the version number of your extension, automatically updating the version number of any um, pipeline tasks that you have included in that. Um, and I recently added the option to actually automatically generate the uh, IDs for build husk so that you could actually install the same build task extension in different forms multiple times into the same uh, uh, Azure DevOps account because um, there was a request from a lot of uh, clients that we work with that both develop the extensions, their private extensions in the same account as that they eventually get installed into for production use, um, which is kind of against what I would say would be a best practice, but um if that's what you're doing, and the only way to publish the same extension twice is that the build task must have unique IDs, and so that the task is actually taking care of that uh, process as well, so you don't have to change them all manually in your in your Git repository.
0: What did you uh, create the tasks in? Did you use PowerShell or uh, TypeScript?
1: Uh, these were originally PowerShell. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and they were called the VSTS extension tasks back then and uh, later I heard that uh, Wouter de Court and uh, a couple of people from internally at Microsoft um, were working on a uh, on a similar extension, uh, mine just made it to the market earlier. <laughs> um, so I joined that project, uh, ported over as much as my existing functionality, and then deprecated the other tasks. And that was actually built then in TypeScript, um, which for me was a new experience. And uh, uh, I, I think for a lot of people in that team was a new experience because it's been um, I've 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 been trying to get all the um, uh, <laughs> I've, I've been trying to untie all of the spaghetti in that code, and it, it's getting better and better and better over time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and 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 I've been upgrading it from TypeScript 1.2 to 1.3 to 1.4, <laughs> and then suddenly new features come around. And I've just upgraded to the latest version of TypeScript, and um, uh, async await got introduced, which cleaned up a lot of the code. And uh, um, so it's uh, it's 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 been a very interesting kind of learning experience as well and uh so i've i've blogged about some of the some of the problems that i ran into um in a in a recent bug report after some libraries got updated and a few functions were changed from a uh, returning a just returning a promise to an async function returning a promise and that turns out to be important um but <laughs> <laughs> the, the biggest mistake i made there was assuming that since the syntax is almost the same as c sharp that the behavior is almost the same as C Sharp. But and it's not. That is not the case. (laughs) (laughs) It it looks very similar, but in this case, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's not a duck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, it, so uh, uh, there, there, there's still a few things that I I, I don't under, I don't really understand and and why that is, but I now know that it is the case and I know how to work around it. But um, so one of the one one of, one of the things that I, I I really didn't figure out is if I do try finally and in the try there is an exception being raised or an error in the case of javascript Mm. types then in c sharp that exception would be re-raised at the end of the finally in javascript it just gets swallowed Hmm. it took me a long time
0: (laughs) to figure that (laughs) one (laughs) out (laughs) <laughs> you know, I've, yeah. I've been avoiding, and we talked about this in the pre-show, you know, my brain is getting pretty damn full. And, you know, I've been soft deleting stuff for a while, but it's just no room for it. And I've been trying to get off my butt and learn TypeScript.
1: Right. Well, my, my my experience is that learning TypeScript once you get it working, it's kind of there is a hurdle in getting all the right extensions installed in your Node project and then tying them all together. Um, but once you get kind of the compilation working and you've you've figured out how a few of the libraries work that you need, then since IntelliSense is going to help you from Visual Studio or Visual Studio Code, and um, it actually has some type checking, and then and next thing that you need to do is just enable TS lint, and then it has a whole bunch of things to make it act like it's an actual type language instead of something that looks a lot like a type language. <laughs> Um, and then it starts to explain to you what you're doing wrong, uh, usually in very, very cryptic error messages. Still, but it's 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 better than nothing. Um, and and it, it it took me a while to kind of piece together all of the different elements that for me makes it well. I, I I showed it to a to a JavaScript colleague, and he went like, "You're doing all kinds of stuff that's absolutely not necessary." And I said, "Yes, I know." But if I do this stuff, it makes sense, and if I don't do this <laughs> stuff, it doesn't. So I I need this. This is like JavaScript with training wheels, but I, I like the JavaScript with training wheels. Um, it, it it makes it act more like I uh, like like I expected, and makes me make less mistakes. And I think that that's important.
0: So we talked about what we talked about why we need it because absolutely, uh, you know, I swear I can't connect to my um, work. Instance right now, but I think I'm using this. I, I've written a couple extensions, pretty much command line wrappers to make it easier to you know, configure the different parameters and stuff. But I and I'm using a CI/CD set of tools right. to get my extension published and everything. So I have to. Are there others uh, in the marketplace? Do you know that do like?
1: Uh, so, so there were two, um, and people that once installed my old one will still have it. <laughs> it hasn't been updated in over a year, but it still works. Um, so um, kudos to PowerShell. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, it, so, so so there's basically two. And then there's kind of the option, since you can just do npm install TFX um, and, and store your personal Nexus token as a secret variable. Um, you could just use a, a command line task and just run the commands manually because my task is nothing more than a wrapper around, um, around TFX, with some added functionality to it so uh, um, that's that's basically how that works
0: cool um, so we kind of what was what was the ugliest thing when you were building it or have been maintaining it what was was it the typescript mental conversion was it some API change
1: um, well so once I started making it easier to use because it, it was written without unit tests. Um, mm-hmm which is already hard because there's all kinds of kind of explicit and implicit behavior that people got to depend on. And as it then started to refactor it to actually, um, make it easier to make some changes that were requested. Um, I didn't know if I broke anybody. Right? <laughs> so uh I, I I have a pretty good mental model of what the thing's supposed to do, but there it turns out that there's still some cases that uh that what that people rely on that I didn't even know existed. Um so uh after, after I did the the pretty major refactoring there were some issues popping up with uh with, with some of that stuff. So I and I I'd, I'd love to get more unit tests around it. Um but it's always the problem with legacy code. Um it's, it's, it's sometimes just easier to make the change and pray, <laughs> <to>, uh, <laughs> And then I, I, I have four environments that I can then just run builds on. So I've, I've got, I've got a separate dev environment on my own name and there's ALM ranger environment. And then I, that installs the extension, a whole bunch of different places where I've got a whole bunch of build pipelines set up and then just I queue all of them. And they all have different kinds of behavior. And if, those that don't have any issues, then I, I kind of know that at least the behavior I know that people are using <laughs> isn't broken. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, but the, uh, yeah, the the funny thing was is sometimes it, it stuff just happens, which is so weird. So if if, if you read my blog posts on uh, um, hard lessons in asynchronous JavaScript code, it's basically about this extension. And uh, I I got a bug report and said sometimes the task crashes, and then when I look at the JSON file that it generated. It ends with two curly brackets. And I'm like, but how? I, I use JSON.stringify, which just returns me a JSON object, and then I write that to a file. How do I get a second curly bracket at the end of that? I, I, I still don't know. I know it has something to do with the asynchronous operation that, that I'm performing on the file, um, because all of JavaScript is kind of asynchronous, if you're, if you're unlucky. Um so somewhere between patching the JSON object and writing it to a file, it turns into some kind of unexpected state where it decides to just write two curly brackets at the end. And... Uh, um so it, it took me a long time to debug that and to actually figure out what was going on. And I was just t- trying to limit it and make it easier and easier and easier to uh, to, to detect. And then, and then I found out that the build agent actually runs a very old version of Node, and the very old version of Node has some typical strange <laughs> asynchronous behavior. So once I downgraded from Node 10, which was on my on my dev machine, to Node 5, it became 100% uh, reproducible, and that made it a lot easier. So once you kind of have the reproducible code, I could start to try and... and, and and tweak that stuff. So I now test the extension against Node 5, Node 6, Node 8, and Node 10, just to make sure that it, it'll work, even if Microsoft decides to um, update the Node version that ships with the agent, which they did in July, I think. So now it ships with Node 6.4 something. And I think in November, it's going to ship with 8 something. So uh, um, f- for those people that are building their tasks on TypeScript, kind of be aware that, there's some major changes gonna come with some of the future build agents. Um, so the, the, that was that was that was one of the. Th- There's a whole bunch of things that I kind of ran into. It was like I didn't know that, and it's like I I thought I understood TypeScript. I thought I understood JavaScript, but it's it's, it's just like it, it feels a lot like stuff you already know, and then you kind of it, it feels familiar, but it turns out that it's a different kind of beast.
0: So when you were last on, we had you. We were talking about the TFS aggregator. How's that? How's that going?
1: Oh yeah, um, <laughs> or should I not ask? <laughs> well, we 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 just released 2.5 beta one with TFS update three support, uh 2018 update three support, and basically it was uh, since TFS 2008 got released, we haven't really had to change things other than the build number to make the installer work. So. Uh, um, and uh, Microsoft has released a statement that they're going to be deprecating the um, um, work item object model, uh, the old uh, SOAP API object model to interact with work items um, at the end of this year. And that basically means that the aggregator as we know it will not work against Azure DevOps um, from next year onward, and it's likely not going to work against the... I'm, I'm not sure if this is going to be affected in the next version of uh, the on-prem product uh, Team Foundation server, or in the next version, like, after 2019. I I, I don't know yet. Um, but uh, the, the current version, as it is, um, was a complete rewrite of the version that we had before. Right. Um, and we now kind of know that we're going to have to do a full rewrite again. So, uh, um, And Julio and actually went all the way. Um, he had some time uh, to spare this summer. Uh, so I wrote a uh, kind of wrapper class around the new REST APIs so that people again have an object to interact with and don't have to create all kinds of crazy patch documents that you're going to send to the uh, uh, to the server. Um, and Julio wrapped that into a bunch of Azure Functions. So we now have a aggregator CLI. Uh-huh. Um, which you can run, which will authenticate against your Azure subscription and it will authenticate against your Azure DevOps subscription. It will pull the required OAuth tokens and spin up a bunch of uh, Azure functions. Um, and that encapsulates the new, uh, the new thing. And instead of writing rules and XML files, you just say aggregator CLI create function or something like that. I, I, I haven't played enough with it yet to kind of have all of the, of all, all the right naming in there, but, um, and then it just spins up a new empty Azure function. And then you can just write the uh and then you can write the, whatever you want in that Azure function. But it means that you get IntelliSense, you get co-completion, you get an error window, you can debug them. Um so we, we move them from this kind of XML file that is causing us lots of support nightmares into an environment that should actually allow you to uh um to basically do it yourself, and uh, and 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 it, uh, we're hoping that it will lower the, kind of the support burden, um, because one of the things that we notice is that lots of people that are using uh, the TFS aggregator are are kind of far far more from a business perspective. They're they're trying to kind of create some kind of Excel function that does something as they're changing work items, and and they're kind of approaching it that way as well. Um, and it'll probably never be easy to write a rule <laughs> to TFS aggregator but um, this way at least it's going to be able to tell them what they're doing and what they're doing wrong um, and uh, um, well we'll see we'll see where that goes so we're actually looking for people that want to try this out uh, there's uh, the the repository is already there on the github.com slash TFS aggregator slash aggregator CLI um, you can download it you can run the executable locally um, you authenticate it against an Azure subscription you authenticate it against your Azure DevOps thing it's Sets up all the all the service hooks and the uh, OAuth uh, permissions and everything else, and then it creates this master Azure function which will be uh, executing the rules, and um, and that's kind of the starting point from it. And we're looking for feedback what people think of it, um, whether or not it works, what kind of problems they have with it, because basically this is all new. This is like alpha version zero point one, <laughs> but the naming is. TFS aggregator 3.0, of course.
0: <laughs> and you're not going to rename it to Azure DevOps Server Aggregator.
1: Uh, well, we we made it aggregator CLI, and we just removed the word TFS. <laughs> if they do a rename. Now we don't have to change anything. So uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind of where the where the Azure where the where the TFS aggregator kind of is right now, and um, we're seeing lots of usage, and uh, people are doing. Uh, quite crazy stuff. And some people have actually started sharing some of their recipes onto the uh, Git repository, so they're sharing back, so this is how I did things. These are some of the things that we're trying to accomplish with it. And uh, a lot of it is like auto-opening and auto-closing tasks, uh, um, uh, rolling up numbers. Um, a lot of people want Jira-like functionality, so some people are kind of rebuilding existing Jira functionality as a, <laughs> as something that's running in the back end. Like, whenever I decrement the remaining work by four it will automatically on save decide that you probably worked for four hours. So it's going to increase the um, actual work item uh, field with a plus four instead of minus four in the field, plus four in the other field and having to do it manually. Um, It turns out JIRA does that. People love it. and uh, I, I i i so we're also kind of giving some feedback to the uh, uh, to the work item team on some of the kind of rules that we're seeing um and i i'm, I'm hoping that that's guiding them on their future kind of on uh, on rules because some of the rules are now kind of also implemented as uh, process customizations so um you don't really have to use this for everything anymore because now in azure devops work and boards, and You can actually go in, customize the process, and there's a rules option. The only thing is that works for fields all within the same work item. And the thing that we can do is we can aggregate to the parent, we can fetch all the test cases, we can do some crazy stuff around that. And that's still not possible with the current implementation of rules um, that you find in Azure DevOps.
0: You had and we're getting close to the end here, but uh, you had another post that I just loved. I, I thought it was the coolest thing since sliced bread. I, I could not believe how how nifty this was because uh, you know me, I'm on-prem guy. Right. Um, we have you know, about a billion firewalls and we get security audits from our clients at least once a year. So we're, our IT is constantly saying, okay, what you know what urls do you need open and i said right uh, you know visual studio.com we're good right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so i was like oh crap i don't know let's let's run uh you know fiddler and find out all the urls or wireshark and let's let's find out what urls are used and you know the full-on ones and uh and that was, you know, it worked for a while, and but then they, we'd run into another one. So we ended up doing, you know, Studio.com, you Studio.com, know, Astro.VisualStudio.com. But your post here on what domains are used by your Azure DevOps account, it, you provide a REST API, and the output is JSON, of course. And it has all of the different URLs that, you know – Azure VSTS, Azure DevOps is going to use. And you'll be amazed at the number of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I had to put a dot, dot, dot in the blog post because otherwise it was five pages of scrolling. yeah yeah,
0: it's, like uh, yeah.
1: I, I i i we we ran into this problem when we were trying to figure out why uh, package management wasn't working for one client and um that's the only URL that's still not in this list so uh, i I requested them to actually add those in um and, and I think it's somewhere on the backlog and I haven't checked yet if they've done it but um so uh, um because package management eventually goes to some blob storage url. And right. so if you have Azure Blob storage kinda of whitelisted, then you'll be okay. But it uses uh, uh somewhere in the neighbor, in the in the vicinity of uh a hundred different DNS names for the different blobs because it uses some kind of hash bucketing function to figure out where that binary lives. Right. And uh um so uh, yeah and and we were trying to figure that one out. And it said, wouldn't it be nice if there was just an API that you could call to actually return this? And then somebody replied with, well, this isn't entirely fully supported, <laughs> but, but... If you enter this, you'll get pretty close. And I I just see it. For my own account, it returns 181 different URLs, right? (laughs) And that's all the the APIs. So that's to get the APIs working. Then if you have that, anything like build servers and uh, release agents and package management, that kind of stuff will work. Um, But then if you actually take a look at the UI, so you enter your devops.azure.com slash Jesse uh, account and then um, you have the UI and that that fetches like stuff from everywhere because they're using the uh, SharePoint uh, online, the the Office uh, look and feel, and the Office uh, controls, and um, they have a whole bunch of stuff on uh, uh, on CDNs, and there's a bunch of stuff coming from the marketplace, which is all hosted in South Central U.S. at the moment, but has a different URL. And, like, there's all of this stuff where things are coming from. But luckily, Microsoft has also been as kind as to to define their content security policy And the content security policy basically tells the browser, these are the safe URLs that you can fetch stuff from. So at least you know exactly these are the URLs that Microsoft is going to be requesting. Um, And the only thing that's not in there is then the URLs that extensions are going to be requesting. So if you're using extensions that are loading in iframes and external stuff and and that kind of thing, um, they won't be returned. But at least I, I, I think I went down from guessing Six URLs to knowing about two hundred, and yeah. that was a, that was a lifesaver um, because otherwise you're like, why does this function not work? Why does that function not work? And it's uh, it's it's almost impossible to figure out why. It's it's um, the the other cool part is, and I'm not sure if you. Um, so if you if you look at these headers and if you request that API stuff like um, devops.azure.com and um started showing through like in. In, uh, in 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 at the beginning of June or something. <laughs> so uh, um, it's also pretty interesting to see some some new features that they're working on and new URLs. And uh, um, I, I I'm I'm seeing some pretty interesting stuff happening in what they're disclosing in the list of domain names that you should open up if you want to do crazy things. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's that's probably kind of due to the whole um, feature toggle thing. Is like um, some feature toggles don't necessarily hide that the functionality is there it just makes it inaccessible to you but then some of the naming is interesting so uh you already know that there's there's some stuff coming up um around that so if it, and i was told to follow brazil because it gets deployed as one of the very first rings so if you kind of have an, have an account in Brazil and you regularly query this thing and you might actually see some stuff that's coming that, that you didn't know about. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, 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 and I'm glad it's useful because, uh, uh, well, oh, yeah. I, I, I had one client with a problem, but I, I can imagine that if you get this question, like I want to get this stuff installed or, or we want to start using this service, what does it call out to? Yeah. Um, then uh, there, there's no real documentation. And it changes because I think if you request it now, Everything that says jessehowing.visualstudio.com is very likely going to say devops.azure.com slash jesse. So, uh, um, yeah.
0: It'll be interesting to see how those evolve over time.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so, so did, you, did, did you write something against this kind of as an API to be able to just send No, a, no, a, no a, I, I, <laughs> you, you, you want to kind of diff this against some kind of Git repository and yeah. just send a pull request or an automated, automatically generated Jira ticket to the, uh, 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 to the operations department of the client that you're working <laughs> for.
0: <laughs> yeah, I but, wonder... Yeah, you know, I wonder if they're going to change all of those so like the, you know, I'm looking at the post now the vsblob.vigisuite.com are all of those going to be huh, I wonder. If,
1: I don't know. Interesting I, to see. I, I, I I can quickly see what it does if I re-request my account now. I moved it to the new URL so howling.com oh. oh, go bum pum bum. Yep, they all changed. Really? So uh, now, now if I request them, you get uh, vsblob.dev.azure.com and dev.azure.com slash Jesse and codelens.dev. Uh, they all change their domain names. Wow. You know, all Visual Studio.com is no longer in there. So that's probably also interesting to know because when you change your domain name in, in in the accounts, in the organization settings option, you can explicitly yeah. opt in to the new name. Um, if you are in an organization with crazy firewall and proxy rules... Um, you might want to um, do this on a separate account, <laughs> send the whole list, have them whitelisted, and then change that. That yeah. might be a very clever thing to do, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when Martin was on, he was talking about, you know, the visualstudio.com URLs. They'll still be around for a long time and everything else. But, yeah, I've, yours is not the only, you know, horror story or the story about changing the domain names. You think that'll work, but then they, you know break other things just unexpectedly that you just wouldn't have thought of.
1: And there's there's a lot of extensions that actually don't use the, uh, so also build extensions that don't use the uh, location service to query what other uh, domains there are. So release management has always lived on account.vsrm.visualstudio.com. And there's a lots of extensions that will just parse your URL of your project collection or, or your or your uh official, your old VSTS account. Kind of take the account and then the Visual Studio.com and just insert VSRM in in between. Um, so all of those extensions will need to be updated to actually either use the location service, which would give you the right URL, which is the clever thing to do, um, or to the new domain name because it actually changed to vsrm.dev.azure.com so uh, uh, there's going to be some interesting things going on in in build tasks and release tasks and UI extensions that are just not going to do exactly what they're supposed to do Uh, yeah
0: so is there anything I should have asked you but didn't
1: Mm, no I don't think so well Whether or not there's any news, but I think that we're running out of time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, And I keep, listeners, I I keep debating whether to go to, like, uh, a guest show, news show, guest show, news show, but I don't want my guests, the guests too far apart. I mean, we already have enough, (laughs) you know, hiatus between them, and the thought of doing a weekly podcast, I don't know, it, it hurts my head. But I also don't right. like you guys you all missing out on the news.
1: I don't know. So 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 what's the most important news item on your list? Um well we'll we'll, we'll just give them one thing.
0: <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, okay, here's one that I used just like last week and it's from Urkash Shingali. I, I'm sorry. I always butcher your name. And you've got two different posts. Uh, or he's got one post on dumping all your VSTS variables in a Windows or Linux-based client with one line of code. You know, if you're trying to debug a build, and I was, and you know, I couldn't figure out what the the variables were doing, uh, this is a good post. And right. Willie's got I, a I, good
1: I, post. I I, I I totally get that. I've, I've, I've run into that problem like 600 times. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, knowing exactly what got passed in and at, at, at which stage during the build, because sometimes change stuff as they run. Like it's, it's, it's good to know.
0: Yep. 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 And Willie's got a good post on uh, using command type to troubleshoot your VSTS pipeline tokenization. So that's another thing that we do a lot here in our builds and releases. We go through and, and replace tokens and there's always the question when something doesn't break, uh Greg, the token replacement thing isn't working. So I'm like, no, it actually is working and it's your code that sucks. But uh I I mean um <laughs>
1: Yeah, you you made a a casing typo. That's usually what happens, right? Yeah. It, it all looks it all looks the same, but it's it's different by one character.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Actually, you know what breaks us more than anything else is that uh, you know we poke in a lot of secrets and and stuff into the different config files, and you know a lot of these are either straight JSON that we're tweaking or the XML that we're tweaking, and we always get caught up when we put like a password that has like a left or right bracket in it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah double double quotes and uh, yeah. um i i once had a, a password that Actually had dollar sign opening bracket in it, so it was trying to replace some parts <laughs> in the password, right? So, <laughs> it was it, it replaced the password with the password, and then it it actually contained another variable, which is interesting. It's kind of a sort of uh, um you, you might actually be able to uh, to get something to leak um if 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 you're doing that, it's like there's there's some crazy things that you can probably do, but um, yeah. This this is this is also because people just wrote those kind of tasks because they're co- not coming out of the box, right? Right. Um, so I, I think there's like seven extensions out there. Um, I'm, I'm I, I think I have one of them um, that actually set or change or read or 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 replace variables in all kinds of different files, like JSON. JSON patch and XML, uh, XPath changes, and all kinds of different ways. But the easiest way usually is just search and replace for a known string. Yeah. And then um, that all goes well until that known string ends up somewhere where it shouldn't be replaced, and then <laughs> everything breaks.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best place for them to find you?
1: So the easiest way is on uh Yesa Howing or Jesse Howing, dot um, net. And uh um you can find me there on Twitter which is at Jessa Howing and on uh, Facebook slash Jessa Howing and LinkedIn is slash Jessa Howing. I'm, I'm I'm trying to be consistent here. <laughs> so uh, um yeah, usually it's just just that or you or you Google on how do I connect Visual Studio to um Visual Studio team services or a TF- Team Foundation server and um you will find my uh, highest rated blog post ever um that uh um that kind of lists how you can connect from visual studio and visual studio code and intellij and rider and um, just about every ide out there um to either an on-prem tfs server or to now azure devops um and uh uh because it's still an interesting mix of patches hot fixes and other <laughs> kind of stuff so that th- that post is still my number one post it it, it it has about more than 800 hits a day of people that are trying to get stuff Jeez. connected. So uh, it's, it's, it's still not as easy as it's supposed to be, I suppose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so it has all the links to you need to download this extension and then that command line utility and configure this uh, um, environment variable, and then you're, then you're golden dandy and it works.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on again. I really appreciate it.
1: It, it, it was fun. Time flies. Right.
0: It certainly so, uh, does. <laughs> I think we could geek out here a little bit longer, but I don't think our listeners could handle it.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: wait. We had one feedback that I wanted to uh, uh, make sure that we covered, too. So, yeah, we're going a little bit longer. Uh, Mike, I got your email it was September 29th. I haven't replied to it yet. It's still in my inbox, and it's mocking me since I like playing Zero Inbox. Um, and your question is: Is as a TFS 2018 on-prem admin for an insurance company, I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the many conferences offered, which would provide him the best training insights and access to peers regarding Team Foundation Server. Uh, is, do you have any advice? Uh, what would you say, Jesse?
1: Hmm. That used to be easy, um, because, because of the ALM summit in Seattle, but mm-hmm. that, that hasn't been gone for, for, for a long time. I, I suppose that, uh, something like Ignite or Build, um, is usually a place where you can get lots of that stuff. And, and in the Netherlands, we recently had the Techorama conference where we had a lot of information on these kind of things, but very often not really on the administration parts. Um, well. I, I suppose that Richard Hunthausen still has a wonderful course on team foundation and server administration stuff uh, and, uh, and all the preparation for the, uh, for the, uh, for, for the, what is it? The certification. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's it's not the most sexy subject to talk about on conferences, <laughs> I suppose.
0: Yeah, Mike, I don't know if I would go to ignite. I would definitely look at build over ignite,
1: uh, right. If, if, if you're really into the tech stuff and and and, and some of the older, then the, that's probably better. Like ignite is that this is all the new and flashy stuff that we're working on. Yeah. Um, it's, it's 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 a great event. Um, I love being there, but um, it's it's yes, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 maybe something like uh, VS Live or something. There's a whole bunch of That's local true. organized conferences. Um, and just look at the kind of the session tracks. But the, I I I don't think that you will ever find a conference that says like um, the TFS administration track with uh, <laughs> uh, four days of this is how you migrate from this to that. I, I I don't think you'll find that anywhere anymore.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree, Mike. Um, like what so build check out VS Live, uh, look at the Ignite schedule. The other thing, too, is there's a lot of other uh, shows and stuff you can take advantage of, like Channel 9. Channel uh, you know channel 9 yep. at MSDN.com has the DevOps-Lab show where they're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, there's an all-day DevOps That's happening today, as a matter of fact. Martin's going to be speaking at it, and you'll be able to get all of those. uh, They'll be recorded and available for free. You can get the 2017 All Day DevOps free right now. So take a look at those, Mike. Also, there was one more that uh, came to mind, and I've just totally forgotten now. DevOps, uh, well, there's a good podcast you could listen to too, radio t f s you can
1: download all the episodes online yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Michael, and, I hope that answers your question uh you know and and, and
1: and and a lot of this stuff hasn't changed forever, right so right. the u i might have been become a little more fancy, but a lot of the stuff apart from the build um apart from the build agents has been the same ever since twenty ten So uh, a lot of the content, a lot of the information that you can find out there um, on all Channel 9 uh, chapters, but also maybe plural site courses, um, even going back to 2010, um, will likely be able to give you lots and lots of useful information, even if you're installing TFS 2018.
0: Right, right. And, uh, Mike, if you do go to Build or Ignite, uh, you have to go to the booths. All right, because there's a bunch of Microsofties that will hang out at the booth the entire time the booth is open, and uh, you know if they can't answer your question, then they will connect you with somebody who will. I mean, Martin is plays booth man quite often, and so there right. is like really nothing that you could probably ask them that they won't be able to get you an answer for.
1: Or, or tweet Donovan.
0: Yeah, Mr. At- Brown
1: mr brown like mr brown i'm stuck this is a wonderful tool but i i need help and then just raised the, raised the dawn sign for it. yeah
0: all right okay well i think ladies and gentlemen that's the show and remember you can get a hold of us uh, send us your feedback comments uh, ask your questions radio tfs at outlook.com we're on twitter at radio tfs facebook as well slash radio tfs and voicemail nobody's sending us voicemail I, I think it still works. I sent myself some voicemail. <laughs> you you give us that, a good voicemail um, that's safe for work, and we'll get it played on the air here somehow. Cool. And the number is don't write this down, just go to radiotfs.com 1 425 233 Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to Radio TFS.